On this episode of the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience, John Maddox sits down with attorney and director of operations at Fund Loans Private Fund Division, Kevin Elmore. The two speak about a highly requested topic, cannabis. The discussion covers a range of questions about lending to those in the cannabis industry, such as, will brokers have an advantage over larger banks? Current political views? Is it dangerous to even advertise this topic? And much more. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million-dollar opportunities. Welcome to the podcast. We are discussing cannabis today and finance, so it's going to be interesting. Um, thank you for watching. Before I forget, please like, subscribe, and share so that you can always get our notification. Hit the little bell. And uh, definitely want to introduce my guest here, Kevin Elmore. He's an attorney. He lives in Colorado, one of the legalized states uh, for recreational use. But uh, you're also finance. We've known, I've known you a long time. You've been in, in mortgages and, and finance and law for how many years? 26, I think it is now. 26 years, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good amount of time. It is. It's getting there. I'm getting so, a lot of gray hair. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so a real estate lawyer, uh, mortgage broker for a while. You have your mortgage broker's license. Real estate license. And a couple you're of real now, estate licenses. And you're now running uh, our operations for our private fund. Correct. Which is, uh, which is awesome. Thank you. And thanks for having me. So um, what would you say is the legal or the current legal status of cannabis right now? Well, it's it's still federally illegal. It's still Schedule One. Still, um, still, Come on. unfortunately, it is uh, still illegal yep. federally um, to possess it. It's still a controlled substance. So, so that poses some issues. It does. It poses yeah. a lot of issues. Um, on a state by state basis, it depends where you're at. Right. Um, it's some so it, some of it's legal, some of it's not, and then it actually gets broken down even in more detail than that as to um, hemp versus marijuana thc content uh, so it's it's not a, that's not an easy question to answer <laughs> right yeah you know, depends upon where you are right and, and what's interesting for us as a lender is we get inquiries all the time like can you lend on this property can you lend on this person they own you know a dispensary or they own you know a grow house or whatever it might be or they're an executive of a publicly traded cannabis company and so we get these questions all the time and uh, what's interesting is, you know, being that we're in this interesting time in in America where where it's getting legalized in states, not only for, you know, just for uh, medical, but recreational to where they're still having issues putting in the banks, like putting, you know, putting their money in the bank. Do you have any um, insight on kind of where that is with, you know, people putting money in banks now and like certain states like having credit, maybe credit unions or banks that are at least taking them. The, I know the states are taking taxes. They are. Yeah, right. They actually have safe rooms set up like in California, the Franchise Tax Board, I know, has one. The IRS has one where they're secure safe rooms where these um, growers and dispensaries are actually bringing in literally Just double bags of cash to pay their taxes. Wow. Yeah, it was California, I think, last quarter took in $74 million in, in taxes, which you assume is predominantly cash. There are a couple institutions that are taking deposits, but they're mm -hmm. few and far between. I think there's a total um, nationwide, I think there's only 35 institutions that are have elected to deal with, with cannabis. And even not just the people that are directly involved in, in it, but just the related businesses as well. So that could be 
credit you know, card companies or well credit card companies aren't there can, yet but yeah. no it could be other agricultural companies you know fertilizer providers um farm equipment providers um all that stuff they yeah. it, because it still traces back to the source which is cash which is from an illegal enterprise illegal business right and those are what all the financial laws the money money laundering laws they're all centered around tracing that that money, the placement of Definitely. that money into the financial system. So it's still a nightmare. Yeah, you don't even think about that. Like, I, I didn't even think about, like, to, to get, you know, um, equipment, right? You got to qualify for a loan to get that. Some, I mean, a lot of these guys have cash, so they're just buying stuff cash, right? But to, to qualify for an equipment loan or a grow house or all this stuff, they still have to go through other third parties who then could potentially get in, in trouble with the federal government, right? I mean, is that what right. you're saying? Well, so any, let, let's say that you had the cash to buy some equipment um, and that person or that company takes that cash to deposit in the bank. Well, any cash deposit over $10,000 is going to trigger a particular form that has to get filed. Right. And that's fine. You could do that once or twice, but eventually you're, the bank is going to start asking, why do you have so many cash deposits? You are a tractor, right. you know, manufacturer. What, where are you getting all this cash from? Right. And then typically specifically large banks will just say, sorry, we can't yeah, take that money. You know, go, go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause they have to fill out a form. It's just they do. It's part of that. Yeah. A lot of form, and that that's on kind of the IRS, the the tax side of it. Anytime there's a cash deposit over ten thousand, but then there's if they suspect that it came from illegal activity, then they have to file a suspicious activity report. Which there's actually some uh, FinCEN that has basically keeps track as part of the Treasury Department that manages all that stuff and the money laundering. They actually have marijuana specific forms, suspicious activity reports for. Uh, marijuana and there's a there's a level to them and the lowest level one is okay we know this is coming from an illegal federal activity which is cannabis or marijuana but it's coming from a what we know is a state sanctioned state licensed state registered entity they still have to file those forms and the feds are just kind of saying okay we'll just go ahead and do that right um and that's so interesting that it's it's still illegal federally and then these states are allowing it's like there's got to be so many conversations going on about like you know okay cool wink wink you're not gonna go arrest these guys right Right. well yeah that's very interesting right now it's actually more of a gentleman's agreement than it is anything else there was the cold memorandum that was when obama was in where the the attorney general said basically had a written policy that we're going to leave the states alone so as long as you you know stay follow your state guidelines and you're not connected mm-hmm. to some other criminal activity or a gang or that, that sort of thing they wouldn't they wouldn't go after you right um that was rescinded right after trump got in office jeff sessions rescinded that memorandum mm. um did that and, throw some waves into the uh well industry? i think it did a lot of people were concerned that all of a sudden he was going to go start sending federal agents out to start busting people that were running legitimate operations who at that point had spent tons of money getting licensed right and and doing what they had to do um then when the new attorney general came in he basically said during confirmation hearings for his position that he would he would stick to that but it's not officially back uh on the table so Hmm. it's still there's still a lot of unknowns yeah but as of right now it doesn't seem like they're gonna do that and trump himself has said that he's more inclined to let the states regulate that and he's just gonna stay out of it right right 
So. He's friends with Kanye, so. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. They're, right. they're sure they're going to try to. Not Snoop Dogg, though. Right, yeah. If he, you know, that'd now, be, if he was friends be, with Snoop Dogg, then we might, we might a, not be. Ha- we, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> um, so, do you know any? Do you know any people in Colorado that run a, any kind of businesses like this, or? I've come across some that have that that run ancillary businesses. Yep. They call them MRBs, marijuana related business. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the ag- on the agricultural side, um, the equipment rental side do you um, see any um any movement towards legitimizing like the banking i mean i know there's a banking uh bill that passed right in the in the house <clears throat> there is there there's several things that are that are in the process or pending so the house the latest one was i think it's called the safe banking act and basically that was uh, and it passed the house and got referred to the senate and that was basically saying we're going to take um we're going to allow financial uh, institutions and financial services companies handle and be involved with the marijuana business as long as they still follow whatever state rules that they're in. Interesting. So that would clean it up for the states where it's currently legal. States right. where it's not legal, they would still have to go ahead and pass laws to right. to take that off their books. But so that's it, it, on the floor of the Senate? It's been for, referred to the Senate. I'm not sure that they've even gotten around to discussing it yet. Um, so they don't even have like a date for the vote or anything like that. And not that I'm aware of. And being that the Senate is mostly Republicans, you think it's going to be, do you think it'll be passed or do you think what's the odds? Well, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. Um, I think that it will, something similar to this will Mm -hmm. get passed just because there's. Well, they're creating a problem with, with money laundering, right? Well, not only, yeah, so there's, there's, it's multifaceted, right? So. And potential crime that could happen with people stealing cash and. That, that argument tends to have the most weight is that it's creating Mm -hmm. a localized crime problem. Right. You know, just like we talked about these guys going into these secure rooms to pay their taxes with duffel bags full yeah, of cash. Someone grab you before you make it to it's the, out there. Right. I mean there's no way that you know if there's no way to, to get it deposited into the financial system, that cash is sitting around and that opens you up to to safety concerns in right. in communities. That's interesting. Um so that would clearly they're making a lot of money. Like the the growers, the the dispensaries, the medical, they're all making lots of money. I mean, hand over fist. So it's natural that they want to buy houses and they want to, you know, they want to expand and they want to, you know, legitimize it. They're trying to legitimize it, right? I mean, they're tr- the, 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 it's interesting now that it's legal in certain states that different people have gotten into the industry that would have never been in the industry, right? Like more business people that are not criminal necessarily, right? Or, right? So like you're just, your your person that's a farmer or maybe say, okay, I can start growing marijuana instead of corn or whatever, right? Like, have you seen some of that where like some crops were shifted to marijuana that used to be cr- tobacco crops or, I mean, have you heard about? Well, I have heard, I don't know any, any personal stories like that, right. but I have heard and have been contacted by some clients and referred people who, who were looking to buy, you know, farmland in Colorado to grow, well, actually to grow hemp, which now mm-hmm. is completely legalized. It is. Um, it is. It was taken off. Yeah. It, was, it was taken out of the substance. Even just hemp, which has no THC, right? Right, right. That's another tricky area too, though, because it doesn't have, but it can have, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the plant that hasn't been um, It looks fertilized. exactly the same, yeah, right? Yeah, pretty just, much. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so I know that there are some people who are trying to get into that, but um, there's still some financial institutions that are leery to go down that road as well right. because of the potential, you know, sourcing right. so it. 
what what would be like let's look at worst case best case not that we're all you know fans of this but just i'm sure that some of our viewers would like to know because of course with all this money it, it creates like i said an incentive to buy homes and, and just a local eco economic booms and things like that <clears throat> are there like what's worst case what's best case as far as like legislation and and law uh you know worst case it gets completely reversed say trump gets reelected or someone else gets elected and they're like screw this this is a drug this is ruining our teens whatever and then on the other side you know completely legalized in federal level like Walk us through like best case, worst case scenario on those two fronts. Well, I think I don't think they're ever going to be able to unwind what what the states have already done. The momentum right. is there. It's already happening. It's 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 recreationally legal in 10 states plus D.C. Right. Um, 33 states now it's um, been it's either medicinally legal or it's right. been somewhat decriminalized, uh, meaning that the punishments are less. So I don't think they're ever going to be able to walk back. Right. where they are right now on the other hand i don't think that there's going to be even depending on what happens with the next presidential election i don't think it's going to be an automatic sweeping here we're just going to sign off it's going to come off you know it's not going to be you know schedule one drug anymore i think it's going to be incremental mm -hmm. which is already what we're starting to see yeah like um, a continuance of that just slowly and and i think actually that's probably better because just like these states went ahead and and you know approved it recreationally mm -hmm. and medicinally some of what they the structure they put in place obviously isn't working right right i mean it's just it's a financial issue getting the money into the system you know there wasn't a whole lot of thought to that i think they just saw tax dollars which mm -hmm. in california actually kind of backfired um how but, so uh, well so because of how much it's taxed there, there's three different taxes on mm -hmm. it california sales tax um excise tax and there's actually a cultivation tax so it's, it's really expensive wow so so people really still want to buy from mexico or something? well that's exactly it so there the estimate is that in five years the, the illegal market the black market is still going to be over 50 percent of the market in california just because it's taxed too much because it's expensive yeah right so um because of that, they just didn't see the tax revenue that they thought they were going to see. Hmm. Yeah, seventy million is not a ton of money. No, I, mean, I, th I think they predicted. <laughs> I love to have seventy million bucks. Well, I know, but I, I <laughs> think the original. Yeah, they can spend that in a month. The original prediction, I think, was eight hundred million a year. Wow, you know, so yeah, so big... seventy five thousand, seventy five million a quarter is not equal. You know, just under a billion dollars. Right, right. Um, and they're actually, but by population, they're one of the worst states for tax revenue compared to the others that have legalized Probably Oregon it. and Washington. Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. And they tax them differently, actually. Like California taxes it on weight. Really? Um, How does Colorado or, or vice versa. No, yeah. It's California taxes it on weight. And Colorado just tax, taxes it on the cost. Like the right? sales tax, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's a percentage of the sale. Um, so it tends to make it. You know, when the prices fluctuate, it tends to be more sustainable and when it's right. taxed differently. And I think it's like, from what I've seen and heard, it's just, it's getting more regulated. Also, not just only for, like, from a standpoint, uh, the regulation of like what each strain is. And, 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 you know, I think big companies are getting into it, right? Like bigger like bigger companies are, are stepping in. It's not just local growers anymore. <clears throat> it's more of a, probably a, a, there's there's just people that see huge opportunity in it right i mean well it, actually it has to be kind of the bigger players anyways because right. it's 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 a industry because of it's so heavily 
regulated right. and highly taxed, that it's all about quantity. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to have volume. You can't really be, you know, a small farmer and, right. and do it and, and do all the things that you need to with keeping your license, being in compliance and, and um, all the testing that has to be done. I mean, some of these states have just a litany of things that you can and can't have and, and hmm. your product has to be tested and, um, you know, which is what they had to do because, because it's still not on the federal side. Right. There's no FDA, right. That's governing right. what you're, what you I mean, because you're eating it, you're smoking it. So there's no oversight of that. So the States had to step in and do that. Some of them are overly burdensome. You have to have, you know, lab equipment that's, or a lab that you can go to that, that costs, you know, right. is expensive. So it, it's actually becoming, it's an industry where those with the money are, are easily are better in. suited for right. it than, than your mom and pop. And again, right. that's why the black market is still going to be viable. True, true. Because of just of the cost. <clears throat> yeah, there's still lots lots going on there. I mean, especially with the whole thing that just happened with uh, down in Mexico with, um, what was his name, Son? Did you hear about oh, that? Uh, El Chapo's Chapo, son yeah. got released. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, that, that's another statistic, though, is that um, the, the drugs coming across the border are no, is no longer weed. No, it's no longer marijuana. Just heroin. And, it's, it's all the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Which, is, which is kind of a good thing. Right. Um, you know, at least they they're probably like, thing. well, this stuff's legal now. So <laughs> we deal in illegal substances and right, right, right. And, and, you know, if, if it's something that you have, you know, made a lifestyle choice to do, why wouldn't you pay a little more to make sure that it at least has Quality. some regulation? Yeah. Because the state says, here's what you can use and here's what can be in it. Here's right. the solvents that you can use to, you know, extract the THC. Here's the ones you can't, as opposed to if, if it was black marketing, who knows what they did. There's pesticides in it. There's. Right. All kinds of stuff. There might be that um, crazy uh, fentanyl in it. Yeah, I mean, that's... Sure, you never know. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I, I heard recently someone was telling me that um, even in little small communities like Carlsbad here, there are people dying of smoking weed with fentanyl in it. So black market is is crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that, that that's entering in. Another reason why you'd want to just go to, if you're into that, go to a local um your local store right and just buy it legally yeah at least you as long as they're licensed and you know have everything in place and they're following the rules you there's some assumption that it's better for you right let's talk about the difference between like not hemp but uh cbd and like i know there's companies now that you can go to you know you go to like what um cvs and there's cbd oil you can put on your pain aches and pains you can buy that you can um for pets you can use i mean i think for pets it's fully legalized federally i think is it like cbd might be might be yeah um but uh is is that so is cbd is that completely legal now do you know or well i think that's another area that it's there's not a straight answer to it Mm -hmm. um the when they removed hemp from the list um it's as long as it has less than 0.3 percent thc then it's federally legal then it's federally legal and so cbd typically doesn't have thc in it or it has less than that and i'm not a scientist this is just from materials i read um but the testing on that because again it's not something that the fda has stepped in on it's mm-hmm. similar to like nutritional supplements mm-hmm. right where you have to have a disclaimer where you know this isn't being used to cure any disease or you right. know anything like FDA that disclaimer yeah right so, so that's not there's not a whole lot of oversight over that stuff so again it's one of those things where it could not have right. any thc it could have some 
I know there's a company, I think they're in Connecticut, that actually goes out and buys some of that because they're a CBD manufacturer and tests mm-hmm. it just randomly. And they said that it's varied by whether it really is CBD that's legal or CBD that's not. And as far as the legality of that, some states say it's okay to possess CBD but not buy it. It's okay to the ones to that not sell it. I mean, it's all yeah. over the place. I mean, right. you know, it's it's just there's no real standard anywhere without and any it, of that stuff. Each year, you're, you're seeing more states adopt it, right? Like, right. what's it now? What's the total states? I think 33 you said or something. Or? It's 10, 10 plus DC that's recreationally um, mm-hmm. legal, plus obviously medical. And then 33 states medically, medically, of some form, yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's getting there. I mean, that's yeah. 43, right? That's a lot of states, yeah. yeah. Who's uh, the, but, the holdout states like? Uh, I think, if I recall looking Tennessee, at a map, it's, it's somewhat right kind of in the middle of the country, mm-hmm. pretty much all the way. Well, all the West Coast states, it's our legally, it's legal recreationally and medicinally. Right. Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada. Right. Um, and then obviously Colorado. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's pretty much party lines right right I mean, how people vote you know that's yeah, so it's, true it's, it's the east coast and the west coast that's funny um, um talk to us about private money and lending to people who are growers or is that like is that happening uh, you know I, I know you, you go to the scotsman guide and you can see you know people advertising or you just google right like cannabis real estate finance i just googled it and it, we lend to green businesses right like red you know, we've got all kinds of people out there, at least marketing to it. Do you think there's danger in marketing to to the cannabis, like to financing cannabis? Is that someone's going to have a target on their back? If they're, <clears throat> they're marketing towards that? Well, I, I'm not sure if they necessarily have a target on their back. I mean, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier, obviously, they're still at risk, right? Because it's still right. federally, it's still federal crime. I think if they stick to it on the private money side, let's assume that it really truly is private money. And right. it's like it's, state localized it's, private money. It's in the same state. They're not raising money from out of state. Um, everything is, is localized and it's mm-hmm. their own money. Right. Uh, so it, to make it simple, it'd just be like me loaning you money. Sure. Um, not going outside the state. I've checked to make sure that you're licensed and you have all your permits and you're, you know, as far as I know, you're, you're in compliance with all the state laws. The risk there is is fairly minimal, Low. and yeah. you don't have to worry about other financial institutions because it's just me loaning you money. Right now, what if um, say um, <clears throat> that was the case? Say like I was a grower or something, and you were the private lender. You lent me the money, and then all of a sudden, let's say I paid off the loan just because I had so much cash with you know new crop or whatever. Paid it off. Now you got a bunch of money in cash to pay your loan off. How would you deal with that as a private lender? Well, that that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where the chain stops. What would I do with $500,000 in cash? Yeah. I mean, I would have a hard time explaining it to a bank. Right. Um, and, and that's where some of the way, like we talked about earlier, how they didn't really think through all this stuff. Right. Um, that encourages breaking other laws because it's real simple for somebody to parse that money out and deposit a little bit here, a little bit there to, to not necessarily be honest about where it came from, Mm -hmm. all of which are textbook uh, examples of money laundering, you know, of bank fraud. Why can't they just come to the, to the IRS or to the state and say, here's all the money I made. You take your percentage and then write me a check. back. That's a clever idea. I don't know if anybody's tried that. You could, you could say, Hey, you know, instead of me paying, 
you know, I'm going to pay, I'm going to overpay. That's yeah. it. That actually, I, I, so I wonder if somebody <laughs> tried that. Walk in with all the money and say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm overpaying my taxes. Right. Can you Here's please? Here's a million dollars. <laughs> I'll wait for my refund check. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the best way, right? <laughs> uh, there you go. And then well, you then solve the problem. state sanction. You can even get the IRS to cut you a check back. Right. I don't know. That's clever. I, that's I, I don't what know I'd do. would go for that, but. Yeah, they might be like scratching their heads like, are we now the money launderers? Exactly. The IRS and the the state. Um, So we talked about the bill passing in the House, which is is definitely, you know, a pretty good step forward for this as far as now if it passed the Senate, um, what would how would that affect the mortgage industry or how would that affect banking lending to like, do you think all these like Chase would jump into, you know, lending money? to cannabis growers and, and all that? I don't see why they wouldn't because basically it, it takes out that element. Of, right. of, it, it removes all penalties and sanctions against a financial institution that that does business with a... Now, still, everything still has to be state-approved right. and, and licensed, and licensed registered, yeah. whatever their process is for you to be legal in that state. All that still has to be followed. So the compliance part of it... It's going to be a little bit burdensome mm-hmm. because they're going to have to double check that. There are some registries and stuff where you can easily check those things. But, you know, at, at any time, if that license gets revoked sure, and you're lending to them, then technically you're, you're like not under that. It's like a liquor license yeah. at that point. It's, yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's, they call it, it's actually a safe harbor law. So as long as you follow these things, then, you know, you're mm-hmm. not going to get in trouble. So there wouldn't be any reason why financial institutions wouldn't do that. Um, but do you think, you know how, like, you know, it's it's so common that you know, big companies and corporations know when laws are about to get passed and then they jump in and take advantage of that. Do you think there'll be a window maybe like if the federal government passes this, a window for mortgage brokers to jump in and start lending? Maybe there'll be some lenders like maybe we could start at that point once it's federally approved, start lending to where mortgage brokers have an advantage over banks because banks are a little slower. Do you think the banks will get kind of wind of this happening and then they'll just jump in right away or. I think so. I think that, um, you know, non-bank lenders obviously have a head start anyways right. over, over depository institutions just because of how we're regulated and or, and or not regulated. Right. So I think it'll be easier for mortgage brokers, for wholesale lenders, um, for them to get on that. To jump in and maybe have a year head start or something so. like that. I yeah. think so. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, uh, compliance told us we're not supposed to say no. <laughs> we, uh, we have seen deals where they come in and, you know, it's a publicly traded company, you know, like a, like a big company that, you know, maybe they're in Canada, right. And they're publicly traded. Cause I think in Canada, isn't it legal? It is. Yeah. And banking, can they use banking in Canada too? Or yeah, they can because it's completely legal. Yeah, so they, that makes sense that companies would just go to Canada and, and have their banking there, but how do they transport money over? Well, you, well see, that's a, again, that's you the, can't the take other money. problem because it's not legal here. So then our banks would have problems with that. I wonder if you could Western union it to Canada. That's probably what they do. Right. I mean, I well, don't know, I, I, but you should consult with an attorney <laughs> privately. Not that I need to do this, questions. I'm just thinking, like, how do they do it? Like, how do people do that, right? It's like, so we've had deals where they've come in, it's a publicly traded company, we've been able to lend to uh, an executive, you know, or, or so, um, because they get W-2s or they get paid, you know, legally right. <clears throat> and they have the ability to, you know, to do it. So we've we've been able to lend to that type of borrower. 
And then we've seen deals. I think obviously we can't lend to borrowers that are growing. Um, uh, also, I've heard there's title companies now, even in commercial lending, that won't insure like national title companies that won't insure, you know, the position on the title. If there's even tenants that are in, in place on a building um, that 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 are a, a dispensary, even if it's medical or whatever. Do you know anything about that? Like title, how that affects title? Because, you know, maybe a private lender might say, yeah, I don't have a problem giving, you know, Joe, Joe grower here, um, you know, a million bucks for his, his building, but, you know, and, and, and know that there's some leases in place, which of course there are higher leases, you right. know, no pun intended, but they're high leases that are um, pay, getting paid a lot. You know, they're getting paid more than market rent for their, for their places. <clears throat> and, but title companies won't insure that particular, that's what I've heard. Is that, is that, that, that's my understanding as well. They don't, they don't like to, I think it all started with Fidelity came out and made a statement that they wouldn't insure any, they'll give informational reports, preliminary mm-hmm. reports, but they will not issue title policies right. on that. And, and most of the bigger title companies follow suit after that. Yeah. And said we're not going to. They're they're I know that there is one or two here and there that will insure it. They're probably smaller companies and they think that the risk is worth it. And they might, might more than likely are are more local local uh, or regional title, title, title companies. companies as opposed to the big national ones. Um, Interesting. going back to your point about about loaning to, you know, an employee, there's actually the Fannie Mae Home Ready. Mm-hmm. They actually will loan um, you can qualify cannabis workers that are W two that that do have less than a twenty five percent ownership interest hmm. in in any you know cannabis or cannabis related okay um, thing. So it's, it probably doesn't come on your radar radar much because that's a lower income moderate income program right. Um, and then the in the current um, Department of Defense budget that's up to get approved, the House um, I think it already has already passed it and, and it's also gone to the Senate. They threw in a little rider in there that said basically would make the VA um, VA loans be able to be made to VA to veterans that are huh. that are in the cannabis industry. Again, VA you can't be self-employed, right? That's all W2 right. stuff. So they'd have to be W2 wage earner, um, two years history. I mean, all the other guidelines, right. but, um, if they worked in the industry, um, if that passes, then VA loans may be one of the first hmm. federally, you know, but is it, can't you do a VA loan if you're self-employed and you have tax returns, right? Oh, can you? I'm not a VA expert. Right. right I think, yeah, I think as long as you have two years tax returns, you okay. can be self-employed. So there would still be that exception that you can't be an owner of a, of a More than 25%, thing. Yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Same as Fannie Mae. So that's, that's making progress in, in, in lending. To, it is. To, and I think it's going to continue to be incremental. I think right. they're going to slowly, and I think that's probably the best approach too, because they just don't, it's kind of a f- strange set of circumstances, how every state's hmm. passing different stuff. So I think it's going to have to be incremental to figure out how to, go forward and make sure right. that all the pieces fit. So in all this kind of stuff, it's, there's opportunity everywhere, right? So whenever there's people that aren't, you know, or are, are laws that are kind of in the middle of changing, there's always going to be opportunity. So I think, you know, it's certainly something to keep your, keep your finger on the pulse with and just try to right. like for mortgage brokers, they should probably stay up, uh, up on this because there's probably a big opportunity at some point, whether it be with VA loans or maybe, you know, with, you know, if, if, so if the VA loans are able to do it, why wouldn't maybe, you know, certain private equity funds that are buying our loans or, you know, <clears throat> REITs or, you know, bulk buyers be, be okay with say someone also that's 25%, right? I mean, that, that could, could happen, <clears throat> you know, anytime. 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's not so, just, I mean, it's, it's the whole, everywhere there's opportunity, right? I mean, there's opportunity for, for compliance officers. Right. Um, because you still have to trace all that money back because there's still an illegal component right. side to it. So. so like I'm thinking like a bank statement loan, right? Like if someone, <laughs> someone was making like $8,000 deposits into their bank in cash, you know, I, I don't know how we would look at that, but I just think that because you, you have to source it, you know, with, I mean, I know you're not probably an expert on bank statement loans, but um it's just probably some kind of. I'm sure we've seen a deal like that. I just don't. I don't recall. Yeah, I'm not it, sure that you'd know that the eight thousand was cash because it's just going to show up on a bank statement as a teller deposit. Yeah. Right. Eight thousand. Right. So um, yeah, and, and you know, if they did five hundred dollars a day or mm-hmm. multiple deposits, I think that would probably raise some red flags. But I think if there's just one or two deposits a month of a set amount, I don't think you'd even know that it was cash. Right. Which also is part of the problem, right? Because if you have to have the burden of needing to know where funds came from right then how 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 do you track that yeah that's so interesting this is yeah. this is definitely something that i know is a hot topic people have asked us to do podcasts on this because it's so in the gray it's you know it's it's something that's not a lot of clarity on and um i i know that we see scenarios with this stuff a lot so um it's something that's growing like growing there's a lot of people interested in it and as it gets more legal you know in different states like colorado i mean i'm sure you have you seen any potential deals where someone's like, Hey, I've got, you know, this, I want to get a mortgage. Like I have. Yeah, actually. Um, and couldn't do it. This was about four years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was even before it's gotten more mainstream, it was more and, medical, right. Approved. Um, it was well, so then it might've been right after it became approved recreationally. Yeah. And there was, it was just wasn't, it wasn't possible to do yeah. it. There were just too many roadblocks. That's tough. So, um, what like what else? What other information can we give our viewers the, about this topic? Well, like you said, it's it's definitely an opportunity, an area of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of our um, viewers are entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. so I would say you know don't just limit yourself to paying attention to it on the brokerage side. You know, on the loan side, because like we've talked about, there's there's as it these laws continue to get passed, there's a need for all these other services you know sure. like i mentioned before compliance mm-hmm. um licensing consulting all that stuff i right. mean you know because it's it's basically it's a new business it wasn't legal before now it is mm-hmm. people are sorting out how to get you know to to where we're going to be right and in between there there's going to be a lot of growth a lot of you know new Industries, industries yeah. basically you know that are how similar up. is this to the to the um prohibition when when that changed can can we learn from history? You know, I, I don't know. I I can't say because I wasn't around back then. But uh, <laughs> um, I mean, with all I, those grades, you were close. Maybe I know, you were a child. I know. <laughs> right, right. My my grandpa, maybe if he was around, we could ask him. Yeah. Um, There's some cool movies you can watch. About I mean, it. the difference. What I can say is the difference back then was it was legal first, right? Yeah. So, was, so they'd already had a, had an opportunity to see what it was, know how to legislate it, know how to tax it, know, mm-hmm. know how to control control and then they, and then they just down. one day they just said no more right and so then when they went back they just you know when it became legal again it was just like well we've already been here right the problem with, with marijuana is it's where we it wasn't legal right you know and now we're trying to figure out how to do it and also scientifically you know there's two components to it right there's the yeah. psychoactive component which obviously is the part that wants to be con- needs to be controlled i think right or should be controlled and then the non-psychoactive and and sometimes those aren't 
as easy to keep separated, right? Because it's yeah. it's 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 an oddball in in nature that it's a plant that can you know can fuck you up. <laughs> it can and it, yeah, right. It can either you take be too bad many or brownies. Not bad, you and may one, not recover. Yeah, you know, a whole crop can be um, you know non THC, and then you right. get a strong wind, and next thing you know, everything's pollinated, and it becomes a totally different right um, you know product. So. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting <clears throat> documentaries out there. And I think people that are really passionate about it because it's it's a they they, they say it's medicine, right? I mean, it, for a lot of people, it helps a lot of things. <clears throat> and I think they're finding more and more that it, it can help with cancer. It can help with different ailments, right? Anxiety. I mean, I'm sure anxiety is probably not one of them. <laughs> people, you know, most people that get, you know, paranoid or whatever, right? Um, but but being that there are a lot of good things about it that uh, I think that's driving a lot of the, the push, right. To, you know, to, and, and it's, but some people argue it's way better for you than alcohol, you know, in some, you know, obviously moderation. Um, and so I, I don't think, yeah, like you said, it's not going away. It's just going to continue to get bigger as far as an industry goes and something that we, you know, we should watch out for as, as people in finance, you know, we, we, if you did your continuing education, you know, in anti-money laundering stuff that you have to look out for this stuff and report money laundering and things like that. But like, I mean, it, there's, there's certainly people start to dabble in this and, 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 and do pretty well, you know, financially. So have you heard about the new mar- uh, new marijuana one to three act? Mm-mm. It says new marijuana one to three act would reclassify cannabis under federal law. Well, so basically there's three routes that they're taking. One is let the states figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is declassify it completely as a Schedule One drug, which is that. Talk up closer. So. Oh, you want to get that? There you go. <laughs> so, so basically there's three um, approaches to it. Right. The first is just completely remove it off from being a Schedule One. Right. Why wouldn't know, they just do that? Do you know? Like, Well, I think there's some hesitation because... What's happened is it's been so long um, that it's been illegal that they really don't well, there know was... that, that they haven't been able to do long-term studies on it. Well, it's um, been around forever. It has been around forever, but because it's federally illegal, research institutions can't touch it, it, um, it unless there's certain exceptions and exemptions that they're given. Right. They... They just can't. They they can't do social experiments about it. They can't because they're funded by the federal government. It's right. it's illegal. They can't set up placebo and blind studies. No, and, right. Okay, you smoke four joints a day. Right. You smoke three. You smoke two. You yeah. smoke none. Yeah. So there has been some. I know some research around as as a cancer drug. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's kind of the exception, not the rule. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, the whole scientific community hasn't had an opportunity to actually study it from a addictive standpoint, and you know that that they'd like to. Some have. And Obviously, some of it's obvious, but well, wasn't there a huge push from the government at one point? Maybe it was during Reagan era that was like, "Say no to drugs," and the pot is the devil, and it just this is like, your brain on drugs, yeah. the whole egg, yeah, yeah. And there was a huge government push against any kind of any kind of marijuana. Absolutely, yeah. And I don't know if that was <clears throat> there was you know you could probably go and and look at all kinds of reasons, but I mean maybe the the, I don't know. Uh, there's there's probably a ton of different reasons why. I mean, maybe it had to do with the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, 
you know, there's a lot of different reasons, but um, the fact that, uh, you know, it it's now becoming legal in all these states. And then, you know, do you know, what about Trump's stance? Do you know, I mean, or even just some of the Democratic hopefuls? Well, so Trump, um, his, he's made statements that he's okay with it for Tweets. medical purposes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he has an official stance on it. I don't think there's any policy statement on it anywhere that right. you find. But he's made statements that he thinks that it's okay for medical purposes. But he's also made statements that, you know, recreational use of it is, you know, not acceptable right. and for losers and who knows what kind of right. rhetoric yeah. he uses for I that. Hear losers. Um, the, the, the interesting thing, though, is that... Um, you know, assuming that he doesn't, that he stays in office. Mm -hmm. I mean, anything can happen with this guy, honestly. Well, yeah, once he, he, he could do anything, anything, could, uh, you know, right. So who knows? We're, we're, but I think that what will happen in the next eight months, he'll, eight months to 10 months. You think he'll make a more of a stance on it? I, no, I, yeah, I do. And I think what he'll say is I think that he will agree with the majority that to, to legalize it right because that's what's popular right you know they've done polls and it's well over 50 percent. i think we're above 60 percent now right that people think that they should legalize marijuana plus and all that, and of his uh fans are deplorables anyway so right. they're all yeah. stoned no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um, so he you know he'll he'll do he'll say or whatever is popular, popular to, get to, more votes, yeah. to make an argument to fit in line so i imagine that eventually he'll say you know, yeah, let's legalize it. Right. What um, about the as far as the Democrats, Democrats um, that I know of, everybody except Biden is for legalization. Okay. Biden has. I don't think he has an. He, he has a policy statement about it, but it's somewhat loose, and um, his position is more along the. Let's lower the penalties for it, yeah. not the let's make it completely legal. But people forget he's been in politics for I mean, ever. He'd be one to ask about prohibition because he was brought around. <laughs> um, but you know, he I was he right. was one, he was kind of right in there with you talked about the drug mm -hmm. war, the drugs are. I mean, mm -hmm. he was that was kind of his. He was on that bandwagon. Right. Um, so I think that's why he's careful about what he says, because that's going to be a contradiction. Right. If he says, let's legalize it and everybody can go back and point to it. So you I don't were think stopping you... it, throwing people in jail. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that, that has changed like the, the whole, you know, the, they've they've de they've lowered the, the penalty. Right. So the people that are in jail right now because of marijuana possession They're sentences commuted. And yeah, are they getting released, now. too? Right. I think some are getting released. Yeah. And some of them. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, it was jamming up the penal system for a for long sure. time with you know low-level crimes and most people that are stoned are not out make, committing crimes they're just on their couch eating cheetos right no <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're, they're not ambitious people typically they're, they're not like the guy that was on pcp killing people with knives like what right. six months ago or whatever oh yeah right that, that was crazy but um so if trump's you know gonna do what's popular and Probably well, he'll say he'll say what is popular, whether he actually does it or not is another yeah, thing. That's but, true. I mean, that assumes he has to get reelected. Yeah, and once he—that's the thing that I'm interested. Total side note here, but you know, if Trump gets reelected, which it looks like he will, um, what uh, what's to stop him from doing anything? Right? I mean, he doesn't have any reason to. He, then you'll see the real Trump probably because. He has no reason to like get real. You know what I mean? Right. Be... He'll be completely unfettered and just be like, "Hey, well now it's yeah. I, re I really am 
as big as I think I am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's it's going to be interesting. interesting political lot, landscape for sure. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. There so is. much uncertainty. There is. Um, I was just listening to the radio about that today and about how, um, you know, investors are holding back money because they're just like, right now we have no clue what's going to happen. And, and that is what scares people. I think, you know, is, is, you know, will Trump get reelected and then be even crazier or will, uh, you know, another even way crazier left wing, you know, completely left like socialists get elected. And then what would happen to our country then on a financial level? And, you know, so there's just so much up in the air right now. This is a crazy time. Right. right. And And that's why the mortgage industry is somewhat averse to jumping in with both feet because, you yeah. know, again, it's it, Trump could could uh, get his attorney general wound up and decide to go after everybody. You never know. Right. And everybody in the chain goes down. Right. You know, right. it's not just the grower. Um, right. It's not just the dispensary. It's everybody involved. It's, you know, all the assets that they've accumulated. It's the bank accounts. It's who lent the money. It's, yep. you know, it's it's widespread. So That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I think we should keep our you know finger on the pulse on this and see where it goes. And um, you know, in, in in our private division, are we seeing any cannabis you know potential uh, deals? I mean, is it, it should people call us about it? Like you know, if it if they're all kind of on the fence about you know the deal, like maybe it's a licensed person and they're you know they're trying to buy a house, they need a private loan. Is is that something we would entertain? Maybe I, right now, I don't think that our investors would have the appetite for that. Unfortunately, yeah, or fortunately, I guess it depends on what end you're on. <laughs> right. Um, but like I said, incrementally things are changing. Right. So it's always a potential, yep. and we don't like to just tell people don't send us a deal. Yeah. You know, or, or don't. At least call us and we can talk about it and see. Yeah, run it by us. Um, if there's some other, and and even if we can't do it, you know, we might have another outlet for somebody yep. to do it. So we'd we'd rather have you call us and ask us about it for sure. And we can try to source it if we can and, and get the deal done. If not, you know, we can help you find another another place for it. That's good. Cool. Anything else you want to leave with us? I don't think so. I think that's it. I didn't know I was going to be the uh, in-house <laughs> cannabis, cannabis expert. expert but uh. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. I know as a lawyer, you know a lot about different things and topics. So it's it's always interesting to pick your brain on that. And, and you know, let's talk real quick about private money. Okay. Just off off the off the subject. Sure. But, um, <clears throat> so what what are you seeing as far as scenarios? What are some scenarios that you'd like to see more of? Uh, what are we doing great? You know, it, you know, what are we knocking out of the park as far as like private money goes? What type of deals? Well, um, the fix and flip is is big and it's mm-hmm. it's growing. What about um, construction? Construction is big. Mm-hmm. Um, ground up construction. Um, we we like to see those because yeah. they're you know they're they're nice deals to have. Right. Um, uh, and then the bridge side of it, there's, you know, people in transition, yep. um, you know, those are, those are actually real nice. We'd like more of the bridge deals. And these are rates in the single digits, right? They're not, yes. they're not, uh, 10, no. 12. These, this isn't like old school private money. That's right. 12, 15, 18%. No, right. We're under 10 on, and on almost everything. Two points or less is a lender. About two points. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, anything like any deals that you want to bring up that stand out, anything interesting, like, a type of deal that uh, we recently funded that was interesting? Well, I mean, all of them have some interesting component to them. Some yeah. of them are, you know, operational, um, interesting challenges. Others are, you know, the people that you meet are interesting. 
Right. Um, so there's never, you know, it's not there's never no stupid adult, questions. No, call. there's no stupid questions. You know, sometimes you're just not, uh, you're not asking the right questions and we can help you get there. Right. Um, you know, Especially if you have a, a deal you thought was like non-QM, you know, and, <clears throat> and it's like an investment property or something and it just doesn't fit just right. You know, might as well bring it over and see if you can fix it through doing a loan for a year or something or six months. Or If, if it's non-owner occupied... Yeah, that's the first question to ask. And if it's not, then generally we can find a way to do it. And we can do multiple states, right, with that? Multiple states. That's good. All but, there's only a handful of states you can't because it's commercial lending. Right. So there's the regulatory and licensing side of that is a lot less, if any at all. A lot of states, there's absolutely nothing. Right. So interesting how, you know, I, I saw like a lot of brokers <clears throat> when the when Dodd Frank passed, like they bailed on Resi and they went to straight to to no NMLS. Let's just do investment property deals, stated right. and hard money. And but you know, you're starting to see a lot of brokers come back and get their NMLS and say, okay, there's some cool products, and you know, I don't have to give private money out. You know, um, what about any? Because we our show usually usually is about origination. Okay. You know how to how to get big jumbo loans. Is there are there any? Um, you know, you're a lawyer. Um, do you ever, you know, maybe before you were here, were you referring out deals to, uh, you know, to people that you could, you know, that, I mean, you've always had your license, but like, where right. would be a good way for a mortgage broker to find some jumbo, big jumbo loans? Well, I think networking with other professionals. Yep. So attorneys is a great source, right? Um, especially real estate attorneys, because they see a lot of stuff. They, they see a lot of deals that need to be broken up, which need financing. They mm -hmm. see a lot of partnerships, LLCs, where somebody's disgruntled or needs to be dissolved. Or um, So attorneys are a great source for that. And um, how do you find, I know you as a, an attorney, you have access to probably lists of attorneys, but like how would someone like me or like a mortgage broker just can you Google it? You know, or is it? Sure, absolutely. You can Google it. Um, and just, you know, just to get an idea of real estate attorneys in your area. Um, Google Maps, like where Google are they maps. at? Yeah, <laughs> you could do that. Yeah, Drive show up, knock on their door. Yeah, you could cold call them. Um, most local bar associations have sections mm -hmm. and but by practice area. Okay. So you have state and probate, probate attorneys, so which is not on, a bad on one Online, right? Online. Like, is that um, a, what's, like, what's a website that you could go to? Well, so you can go to like the San Diego County Bar Association. Mm -hmm. You just Google that and go to their webpage. Or whatever town you, know, you live in. Whatever right? town you live in. It's the state bar. So mm -hmm. Some states have also, most, most states, their state association also has section memberships. And so you can get a list of those and see all the attorneys that are in the real estate section or all and the then you Google business, them, business find attorneys out what they're doing, right? You just, sure. you know, what their, what their area yeah. of expertise is and their phone number is going to be right there because they want people Absolutely. to call them. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, you could do old school, you know, you could, you could mail something to them. I mean, you could, you know, um, how do attorneys like to be approached? Do you, you don't want to be like, Oh, I might have a case for you. You know, you yeah, don't want to be like baby right. switching them, right? But like, what would be a way you could approach an attorney on how to start a referral relationship? Well, so I mean, I think everybody hates being sold to, right? right? So you don't want that call where you think that somebody's going to trying to sell you something, you yeah. know, trying to sell us insurance or you know whatever it is. Um, so I think the best approach is just is a partnership. Hey. I am a mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. um, here's opportunities I have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for example, on the private side, it'd be like you know we got bridge loans, yep. um, construction loans. If you've you know if you have any clients that need financing mm -hmm. um, along those lines, um, I'm here. I can I'm happy to take you to lunch, share with you what we can do, and right. um, 
you know, and then, and also I'd like to get to know some more about your business so that, you know, obviously I'm interfacing with these people as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of times legal stuff comes, questions come up. They're mostly in entities. So they're, they have LLCs, corporations, they need legal work. Maybe yeah, it can be cross referrals, right? Cross referral, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Especially um, if you start getting into the more complex deals, right? Like if you get into, if you're just doing a VA or FHA or conventional, you're not going to need it. Most likely not going to need a real estate attorney. But if you're dealing with properties that are, you know, big, you know, big jumbo properties that might have a easement issue, or you might have like some other issue with that particular property, right? right. Like, like, um, I mean, we've seen all kinds of stuff come up, like cracked slabs and just different things, you know, that you need to, you know, you need to need to consult an attorney about, right? right? Could be title issues, could right. be an easement, like you said, mechanics lien. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, if it's so on our end, obviously on our side, we're all non-owner occupied. So most of those tend to be not just one person. It's usually an LLC with multiple parties to it. Right. You know, so there's investors and, and invariably when you have more than one person involved, something goes sideways at some point. Right. So that's, that's another area where attorneys are intimately involved because they're trying to sort out a dispute between the people that own this piece of property. Right. And one of the easy ways to get them out is to refinance it. Right. Bridge loan, one year, we get rid of this guy because he's being a hassle. Mm -hmm. You know, we buy him out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we either sell the property within that year, two-year term of the bridge loan. And so obviously attorney has to get involved in that because there's legal paperwork to get, you know, a member of an LLC out or dissolve it or what whatever that's needs good to be advice done. so don't try to sell them try to add value try to show them that you could refer a business or her and uh just ask them to say can i buy you lunch i got some new products you may have never heard of maybe you have but you know check out these cool loan products you could maybe use for some of your clients and then what about like um you know respa violations like what about if someone's an attorney can you um is there any way as a mortgage broker to pay an attorney for you know co- co-doing loans or is that still shy? Well, on the, on the residential owner occupied side, um, it's a little difficult. I mean, you could pay an attorney if they're actually doing something, mm -hmm. if they're actually providing a service and it's, you know, right. Fair market value. Well, for especially that. if they already have the client, right. And they're already charging them for something and then they right. refer them to you and then they just added value to their client cause they got them alone. Right. Maybe they're consulting with them, reviewing the docs so they can still make money that way. Right. But on the non-owner side, is there, you know, ways you can just charge, you know, give them a point or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no restrictions on that side. So, you right. know, we could pay a broker a point and the attorney a point if that's how they wanted to do it. That's great. Yeah. Because I mean, respite doesn't really apply. Awesome way to get referrals. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And don't tell the attorney that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. They might just refer you the deal for free. Right? They, they, yeah. They might just go around. They'll you know, <laughs> go behind your back and <laughs> take, right? take your point or two. Yeah, they could. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But no, it could be, it can be anybody. Right. You don't have to be licensed. Yeah, that makes sense. In, in most cases. Right, right. On, on that side. Well, cool. So how do we find, uh, how do they find you if they want to refer a deal, a, a private money deal? How do they find So them? they can get to us through through the Fund Loans website. There's a page on there for the private cool. side. Um, or they can always reach out, out to me. Awesome. Um, email me, klmore at fundloans.com. Great. Um, and we'll take care of them. Awesome. Well, thanks for all your insight, Kevin. And this has been an awesome podcast. So It was fun. Yeah, we'll do it again for when we me. have more information on cannabis and or or other things with private money, and we'll uh, we'll we'll revisit it. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. Like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's Fun Loans together. Thank you.